Другое дело, что перспективы развития атаки, они, ну, такие, скажем, ограниченные. Зуб на льду оказался. Защитник зуб на льду. Ну, а дальше уже все... проход О -о -о. великолепный силовой, который любили во все времена и во всех странах. Очень красивый. Ярослав Косов, по-моему, сохранил здоровье. Я так упал, да? Потому что тоже падает грамотно наука. Аска забивает, ломается клюшкой, порой это получается даже более непредсказуемый бросок. Алексей, вам слово, потому что это действительно номер цирковой. Не получается целыми, а когда ломается, то шайба берет и залетает в верхнюю. Это я не знаю, как объяснить, потому что все прекрасно помнят да, шайбу предыдущей встречи от Андрея Зубарева, который 118 матчей не забрасывал, а тут... All right, hey there, hockey fans. Welcome to another episode of Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. It's season three, episode three. Who's your favorite number three in the history of hockey, Randall, Randall Alferson? I don't know if I have a favorite number three, but the one that okay, comes to well, mind is uh, Sergey Bouton from the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, Sergey! I was going to go with another defenseman, uh, Zarly Zalapsky, a favorite of mine from uh, the Hartford Whalers. Although he might have also worn 33, it's uh, hard to say. I remember him being 33. I I think three is generally the number of a defenseman, if you, yeah. you want to like generalize. Definitely. Uh, I think maybe Charlie Coyle is number three, though, right now, of current players. But it, and it, he's a forward. Yeah, so it's not really a common number. Is there a number three on the Jets right now? I don't think so. Uh, Tucker Pullman, maybe? Maybe Tucker Pullman. Yeah, could be Tucker Pullman. Tuck it in. Um, yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's call it the Sergey Bouton uh, episode of uh, Talking Hockey here for season three. We're... Uh, We are pandemic style, of course, recording in our respective homes. Um, uh, maybe I'll take a screenshot to share with the listeners, uh, you know, just for uh, shits and giggles. But anyway, uh, it's uh, we're we're gonna we're trying to get back on the regular hockey horse here. Um, we uh, actually we, have got, some. We've got some breaking news, Tommy. Yeah, we've got some huge. Okay. We've got some huge breaking news. Do we have breaking news music we can use? Yeah, let's let's cue that up right now. Million dollar score and win. Cassie shoppers have got to love their chances this year. Oh, for sure, Gord. Cassie, are you shopping? Oh, for sure, Gord. I play to win, Gord. Okay, there it is. Nice. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, for the first time in history, we have back-to-back -back guests coming up on Talk and Hockey, the Hockey Talking oh. Show. Nice, nice. So, yes. So, so next week we're gonna have uh, a return guest. Maybe we'll keep that as a surprise. We'll reveal that on on Instagram. Maybe the next couple days, and sure. then the, the week after that we've got uh, someone brand new to the show, and uh, not even from Canada. So we've got we're going international. If you wanna, okay. But we'll it keep that. it a surprise for now. We'll keep it on the download for yeah. now. We'll do a slow reveal. Yeah. So we'll we'll yeah. we'll reveal next week's guest. You know, All shortly, right. and then, uh, but yeah, that's exciting for talking hockey. We got that some guests exciting, coming yeah. up. Yeah, very nice. So I guess we'll just enjoy this time together uh, as best as we can. And today we're both <laughs> we're both rocking the same local beer of the week. Uh, it's the Sucrums Wilhelm Scream. It's a double IPA, so that means it packs a punch, an eight percent punch. I'm gonna. Uh, Instead of doing, instead of doing a screenshot, I'm taking a picture of my computer screen. There it is. There it is. Okay, for the listeners at home, we've it's uh, 
great stuff we're doing over here. <laughs> we're it's, photographing it's, it's, our laptops. It's ground, groundbreaking material yeah. here, folks. Oh, there's the sound of the Wilhelm scream being cracked open. So for the second week in a row, Sucrums has, is our local craft brewery that we're sampling from. And uh, I'm probably going to guess it's going to be next week as well. Sorry. There's a good, there's a good chance. Sorry, I local, mean, other local brewers, but I just, the, they just, they're just the so is, close. Well, the issue for us Fort Rougians is that it is just so uh, handy, right? So that's always a, so, and that's a, a real nice pour. You know what? I'll do another photo of that for the, for the beer fans at home. Beautiful. Um, so this week on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, we've got all kinds of uh, hockey topics, hockey topics to talk about. Um, and I know right before the show, Randy, we kind of went over it, like the order of which we were going to talk about things. But I didn't write that down, and I completely forget. So, oh, I know what we're talking about first. We've got our local beer of the week. We're going to do a beer and gear. So what we're doing here is the uh, co-host Randy's official gear review. He, it, um, I have a couple questions about Okay, this. well, you, you forgot one key thing, though. You have to read the thing from the can. You always oh. you always do that. God. All right, all right. <laughs> we all right. gotta I'm give back, the beer its fair share, and then we'll go we'll oh, go from beer okay, to that's gear. Right. I, I don't want to rush away from this Wilhelm scream. I haven't even had a sip yet, so let's just let's listen in as I take my first sip. Oh yeah, that's um, that's nice. That's definitely hoppy, hazy. Uh, so the description on the can: hoppy, hazy, talus. I don't know what that means. <laughs> My vocabulary. Tell us what that means. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I'm like, oh, did they just spell Telus wrong? Like the phone company? No. Uh, <laughs> Wilhelm Scream Double IPA is a juicy beer that is heavily dry hopped with Talus, Mosaic, and Syro Citra. I guess it's a type of hops. I guess so. Inspired yeah. by the DIPAs of the Northeast, this beer has massive aroma and flavors of citrus rinds and tropical fruits. Well, that's cool. The way I would describe this beer is if you had three of these, you're probably going to be a little hazy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing I've only got one. So that yeah, it's it it's tasty. It's if you like hazy IPAs, this is a double IPA, so it's that's strong. A, it's like double hazy, yeah. Like, but it's like it's very citrusy, very yeah. you know, pretty punchy. You you could call this the Tidomi of beers, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Eh? It uh, packs a wallop. It feels like he's short, stout, little stocky feller. Uh, Tidomi, eh? So Wilhelm Scream from Sucrums Brewing Company, right yeah. close by on uh, Wardlaw. Two blocks south of Confusion Corner in Winnipeg. If you're uh, local to the city, you can get delivery from them. And hey, you might even get uh, a certain somebody to deliver your beers for you. <laughs> oh, 479 Warsaw, not Wardlaw. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so... Let's uh, let's let's do our beer into the gear talk. You you've got a gear review, official gear review. So you posted a video the other day on your uh, Instagram, which is Outdoor Hockey Club. That's correct. And 
Um, so I have two questions. Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about quickly before we get into the beer to the to the gear review? Just tell the listeners a little bit about what you got going with this outdoor hockey club. Well, the outdoor hockey club was basically um, it was going to be like a doc series that I was going to produce, and I was going to you know uh, hopefully bring on along um, some folks that I've connected with, you know, someone like Pavel Barber and Ven Lahovi and some other, you know, key folks in hockey training and hockey coaching circles. And hopefully, you know, my, my goal was to bring them to Winnipeg, Manitoba, and do some, you know, some coaching sessions and skill sessions for kids uh, on outdoor rinks. Because to me, I, I would say that uh, playing hockey outdoors is the, the truest form of the game. And I, I would say that it's probably, it's more enjoyable. I, I, you know, I do like playing beer league. I do like playing with the boys there, but there's something special about going outdoors and, you know, skating around underneath the sun or the stars. So, mm. um, obviously with <clears throat> the pandemic and everything, the, you know, the, the idea of, you know, trying to bring folks together for some outdoor sessions is on hold, but I'm still trying to move forward with, with just promoting the idea and moving forward yeah. like that. And, you know, maybe posting some clips from other people and some content and some, here's some yeah. things you can do. Just, and, you know, it really yeah. promote the fact that, you know, hockey doesn't have to be about, uh, you know, getting the best gear or like getting the most expensive gear or making the big team or being super competitive. You can go outside and, and have a good time and, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's something that every, everyone's going to need this winter because if we're going to be all staying home for the most part, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, blowing off some steam or just, you know, getting outside for some fresh air and playing hockey, I think is going to be, uh, you know, uh, some, some good medicine for, for, for a lot of folks. Oh, for sure. And that even, uh, you know, like in the city at the moment, and I'm sure there's some other cities in Canada that are like right now where the uh, recreational facilities are closed because of covid including the outdoor rinks so actually the the weather in winnipeg has been kind of weird that i don't even know if we really have outdoor rinks on the go right now but it doesn't matter because they wouldn't be allowed to be open anyway so yeah like uh, take the game to your driveway to the back lane street whatever um or if you got mini sticks the uh hallway you know, in your house, they're uh, in the basement, you know, yeah, down the basement, whatever. If you've got an Meet unfinished brother, basement, uh, unfinished yeah. basement, then you can rip pucks and it doesn't matter if you wreck, wreck <laughs> things. But uh, I think <laughs> off it, the furnace or, <laughs> or like Sidney Crosby, just right in the dryer uh, hole. Uh, yeah, mother did, probably wouldn't be too pleased if you banged up or the, the dryer, though. <laughs> did you, did you and your bro have some uh, classic, uh, mini sticks games or what oh yeah yeah for sure um you know like very regularly we played so like i I don't know if it was daily but like we played mini sticks all the time and often they would end in a brawl like it would be like it was going so well you know we were having the best of time so much fun and it would inevitably end with us just like like full <laughs> full full scrap like 
I don't know over what, who knows, but you know, probably a, a goal call or disallowed or whatever. And then that just was enough to get it going. <laughs> so did you have like two nets and you were having a game or was one guy no, taking we, shots on the other guy or what? We had a hallway, a, a fairly long hallway uh, that was carpeted. And then there was a door frame at one end of the hall and a door frame at the other, but they didn't actually wasn't a door frame at the other end. It was just where the hall kind of like, stopped and then there was uh so it was basically just like the two walls were your net and uh so there was like and then it was like okay like shoulder height or whatever yeah. was the top of the net so there was obviously some discrepancy there and like it yeah. would be like oh that was too high no it wasn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah yeah so <laughs> but yeah no we played hockey in pretty much all its forms growing up me and him so whether that was in the driveway, the basement, uh, up, you know, mini sticks or whatever. We even, for a little while, we were practicing our hockey fights. We had a game where we played, we put the helmets on and the gloves and just box. <laughs> so That's awesome. Just just practice our, like, uppercuts and stuff. <laughs> so uh, don't necessarily do that at home, kids. But um, anyway, yeah. So anyway, let's hear this gear review, Rand. Yeah, you, so uh... so um, you know, with with uh, outdoor season, you know, fast approaching. Obviously, there's maybe a little kink kink in the plans with some community centers not being able to flood right now or that kind of thing. But um, I was able to find find a, a little patch of ice that I'm kind of uh, privy to, and uh, I got myself. So you know, just doing a deep dive down the internet and. Um, I kind of, you know, being nostalgic and like looking at gear from the past and this kind of thing. Yeah. And I, you know, over the past little while, I noticed that uh, Christian was, was kind of getting back in the game for, for hockey sticks. Yeah. And I like I remember as a teenager having Christian sticks. And if you remember uh, um, like any notable player probably from the 90s had a Christian stick. Uh, there was Christian sticks all over, like uh, uh, Mighty Ducks. It was a pretty big brand back then. I know Brett yeah. Hall was one of the main guys who had a Christian blade in his Easton aluminum. And so it was just kind of like, oh, I had no idea that they were making sticks again. And then when you scroll down, <clears throat> so they're, ma they're mainly making wood sticks. Yeah. They, they do have a composite. But when you scroll down the page of sticks that they have, they're also making a Northland stick. Which which Northland is like if you look at That's any picture of Gordy Howe, he's we're using a Northland. Some yeah. some Bobby Orr photos, he's got That's Northland. An OG brand it's for like sure. from way back in the day and my, my dad was telling me like his very first hockey stick was a Northland stick. So when I saw that I was like, Well that's pretty cool that they're making them again. So yeah. I ordered a couple and I got them all like fin they finally came in the mail. And that's uh, pretty cool. So yeah, I took one for a rip uh last weekend, I guess it was. Um, you know, aside from using a wood stick in um, Lake Louise last winter yeah. for like a quick little trip, that's yeah. that's my first time using a wood stick like probably in over twelve years. Like it's wow. it's been a while, and so I would say it's obviously heavier than a composite stick and obviously compared to the sticks i've been using lately which are like the leftover ones from the jets so yeah, you got, always have a real top of the line kind of twig for sure i've got you know a couple roslevic sticks then those are like you know if you bought those in the store they'd be a few hundred bucks uh warrior 
So obviously compared to that, it's a lot heavier, but there's something different about the way that wood, a wood stick feels with the puck. Like I feel that you can just feel the puck a little bit better. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would, I would say, um, from, from a, a first use standpoint, it took some time getting used to because it was heavier than I was used to. The lie was different. We were talking about lies last week. Um, yeah. And I have a thought about that. So so don't let me forget the lie on this stick was a little bit different from what I'm used to. And it was also the Paul coffee curve, which is something that I used to use way back in the day, but I've I've been using like more of a Crosby kind of, kind of curve. Um, so that was just a little bit different, took some time to get used to, but after a while, like stick handling for a few minutes, um, I was, I was sold. I'm going to totally use that stick all winter. I'm so stoked. That's awesome. I think I might, uh, follow your lead and get one for just like outdoor hockey. Uh, cause, um, there's no point in using like a fancy, uh, composite stick for outdoor hockey really. Cause you're just gonna uh expediate the breaking process but especially if it's cold out and stuff but yeah i know so just quickly about the lie last week we did talk about lie and checking the lie on your stick and i was saying how my new sticks got us a, a, a lie of six so the bigger the number the more uh upright the stick if you think of it that way so it's um so the lower the number the bigger the angle right yeah. So, so I think I had it backwards and you had it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I th- so I think I think this if lie you got a 6 which is typically <laughs> typically you get between a 4 and a 7, most of them are 5 or 6 or yeah. 5 and a half. So a 6 is a little more upright than uh a 5 or a 5 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so I the, think I think this lie for me, like I think I'm I'm normally using maybe a 5.5. I would say that this was maybe like um higher so like i could feel that my blade wasn't flat from the way that i'm used to holding a stick so i, yeah. had, to, I had to adjust that a little bit but like after a while five. i you know i i felt it, it was, used it to was it. great yeah yeah and that's the thing about that when you change your lie or whatever it's just a matter of uh just touching the puck you, yeah feeling the puck a bit you get used to it if you've got to play it a little further out from your body or whatever um but that paul coffee curve is a great one that's pretty much that was like my standard curve like I love that. Uh, it, it was hard to um, it's hard to find these days sometimes. Like, and I think they might have given it a different name, or I, I don't know if they just retired it or what. But I, I would say if you are a fan of a Sherwood fifty thirty, oh yeah, but... Paul, Paul Coffee Curve, yeah, this stick is for you. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty much sure reminiscent of that. I'm looking at it on the website right now, ChristianHockey.com slash products slash northland pro there you go and uh 29.99 yeah and that's canadian eh yeah so do you but you gotta pay for shipping probably uh i think well i ended up buying a few sticks i might have had free shipping if you get to a certain number i forget right but um but yeah no I, i would totally recommend this if one if you are super nostalgic about using a Sherwood 5030 Paul Coffee style stick. This is the stick yeah. for you. But also, you know, just in in the in the truest form of the game playing outdoors, you might as well get yourself a wood stick and keep it for real. sure. I was considering buying one uh, uh, last time I was at, you know, 
sport check or Canadian tire or something. I was just like, cause every time I go to the Canadian tire, although like I obviously these days I don't really go to stores all that much and just browse, but like, uh, it's <laughs> it like always end up at the hockey section, <laughs> yeah. looking, you know, looking at the sticks and whatever. But, uh, uh, but the classic thing too, is if you still have it open, it's, it's just like that plain stick. It's just the wood yeah. color with the black, yeah. with the black yeah, text. It's a beauty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's uh, that's a pretty hot little gear tip you got there, the Northland Pro. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely one that you see in every classic picture. And you were saying, like, the Christian sticks. Like, I, I, um, like, I can remember them from hockey cards, you know, but that's about it. Like, I didn't have a Christian. I don't know. I don't really remember anybody having one. The ones I remember were Sherwood, Coho, and Titan. Those were like the kind of three that everybody seemed to have or something like that. Well, this and one... I had a coho with a Yager curve or something like that for a while. Oh, like yeah. Toward, when I was about 17, kind of the last year or two of playing, um, you know, before I quit hockey for a while. Uh, and I had a, I had a Yammer Yager coho stick. It was deadly. It was. But... Um, I never adapted to a composite or aluminum stick or anything like that until, until like I got a composite when I was an adult, but like that one might've been like fiberglass or something, you know, like, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't aluminum or anything like that. Yeah. Like Christian would have been big, probably like 92 to 96, like Brett Hall would have been the poster boy for Christian sticks. Um, maybe, I can't think like yeah like if you look at any '90s hockey cards, there's a good chance someone's got a Christian stick, but um, yeah like it it was really big with um, the Eastern aluminum, but then using the Christ- yeah. the Christian blade and the Christian oh, yeah. blades were were unique because they had like that diamond pattern on them. That, uh, I remember the yeah. So okay. that that's kind of what it was like, kind of like the. I don't know the trend for a while there. Yeah, I remember some kids having those for sure. I I don't oh. I don't remember liking loving it that much like back then. I remember the blade just feeling weird. I yeah. I think I eventually switched back to like an Easton blade, because um, I did have an Easton aluminum back yeah, then. Yeah, an Easton aluminum. Nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I played a lot yeah. of hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck. Uh, yeah, no, I just, it, it was basically, uh, for me, it was like, dad was like, no, no, you will get this. Uh, <laughs> it's like, I'm not buying you that. Shit. But it's <laughs> funny though. Like I finished playing high school hockey and I had Sherwood 50, 30. And when I, when I, uh, I guess connected with Caressa Steel, our, our, our current beer league team, mm-hmm. when I would have, uh, connected with them in like 2011, I was still rocking that Sherwood fifty thirty that I had back in high school. So like, Same one. Yeah, yeah, long, long time ago, but yeah. uh, it's long gone now. Um, <laughs> but um, it was just, it, you know, wood sticks, they stand the test of time. Yeah, I'm inspired now. I'm going to get myself a wood stick and possibly one of these Northlands. I wonder if you can find them anywhere locally or if they're only online or what. I'm not sure. I'm trying to... You know, I'm not that anyone from Christians listening to this, but I'm trying to strike a deal with them. So there you go. <laughs> that's why I was trying to get right well, from the source. Well, ha- I'll hashtag Christian hockey sticks or whatever. Well, the, they they uh, reposted my video today, so maybe that's a good sign. Well, there you go. There yeah. you go. Nice. Well, that is the official 
co-host Randy Gear Review. Well, let's go. Let's, let's call it Beer and Gear about. Review. Okay, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's the official <laughs> co-host Randy Beer and Gear Review on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, next topic that we're going to talk about, Randy. Yes. Uh, I'm waiting. I'm dying for this one. Okay. What uh, What did we your, your, decide? We were, your little package. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. So, this is the so most I exciting was, uh, thing about hockey. Yeah, I, I uh, don't love this place, Tim Hortons, but I do love that they have hockey cards, and I'm a sucker for hockey cards. So I went and got myself a pack of these hockey cards today. We were out uh, making a purchase, and. Lo and behold, there's a Tim's right beside it, and I said, "Well, I gotta, I gotta go get that." So, I uh, have, I have a pack of Tim's trading NHL upper deck cards right here. I'm gonna open, and uh, so are those like, gonna... are those legit, or is it like just three cards in there? Like, is it like there's a... only three cards? Okay. That's the thing. Okay. Yeah. So it makes me just want to go get a real pack of upper deck cards, but yeah, like I was saying, like. Tim's their coffee and whatever. I don't really, you know, road. It's road trip material for me, and that's about it. And I haven't really done a road trip in like <laughs> a long ass time right now. So, um, but uh, you know, their commercials back when uh, it was like the Tim bits playing on the pond, and Tim came out of the or uh, Sid came out of the woods and was like, "Hey kids, want to play hockey?" <laughs> you know, like. Those would make me tear up, and then you know, like I, you get all sentimental and whatever. And then now it's uh, Sid and Nate McKinnon on a Zamboni going Nate through dog. the drive-through or yeah. whatever. So they're getting that big Tim Hortons money for sure. Those guys. So that's a classic picture of Sid there on the front with that. I like those yellow jerseys. It is, yeah. So it's yeah, little uh, Sid Crosby, yellow, the yellow Penguins jersey. Um, trying to get this pack open. To be honest, it's really, it's really difficult. Okay, while you're opening uh, the pack, I've got a little <laughs> Tim Horton story here. Okay, I just, let's I just, hear it. I just heard this for the first time a couple of days ago, I and mean, you know, let me know if you've heard this before. But apparently, if you go to Tim Hortons and you order the Wayne Gretzky, they give you a coffee with nine creams and nine sugars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I never heard that. <laughs> that just sounds disgusting. But uh, <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> That's so. That is so nasty. But um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to order a very, very large coffee for that too. Oh God, yeah, yeah. you gotta get. The, do they have a? <laughs> what's the biggest coffee you can get there? A double XL. I don't know. Probably like a th- size of a five gallon. Oh, you know how you ever see how uh, bus drivers they'll have those ginormous big round like the big bubba mugs oh yeah yeah yeah, those, yeah 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 get one of those maybe with, with nine cream i'll get the gretzky I'll please the, oh, two, oh, next time we can go in a car together well, let's go for a tim Hortons run together and we'll get two gretzkys <laughs> <laughs> and then probably I'll be sick we'll, he'll have the lemieux yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably be sick for a whole day but oh god yeah poop your pants right away my brother <laughs> used to work at tim's back way back in the day and he had a guy who would come in and he'd get a four by four you go i get the four by 
<laughs> to me that just sounds gross i i like my coffee either black or just with a little bit of cream but hey just black we, yeah for we me we all like our coffee different ways oh that's man for sure. nine by nine i gotta i'd have to see <laughs> that like you could probably spill your coffee and then still have time to pick it up because it's so thick <laughs> <laughs> well i got the card pack open finally nice. it took some doing i'm not gonna lie okay uh, before these... before you go through the cards though is this the kind of thing where like you can open up the pack and you might get like a piece of Sid Crosby's jersey and it's worth like a million bucks or like Well that would be really cool. Is there and any is there anything like that? Like or are they these are, are they just sort of like some sort of special like limited There must be special cards in there. I'd have to look at the set to know. But uh yeah, I don't know. This is the first pack of this year's cards I got. I have up, upstairs I have from a couple years ago i bought like i worked right by a tim's so i'd like get the get like a pack of cards a day (laughs) do you have to buy a coffee well you don't have to no but they're only a dollar if you do and then if they're otherwise i think they're two dollars or something like that which is i mean it's pretty steep for just three cards but they're nice upper deck cards they got a high gloss on them and everything uh and uh so I opened the pack. Okay. And I'm dying to see what's in there. And the first card on the top, I would, I here's what I wanted. I was looking at the cover and I was like, I want, a, I want a Crosby card. I didn't get it, but I got the next best thing. I got a card of Tim Horton himself. Holy, is yeah. that like a hologram and everything? Oh yeah, there's like yeah. some ma- major. I don't know about hologram, but there's like platinum silver That's okay. yeah. backing and it's very you got some three-dimensional type stuff going on yeah toronto maple leaf legend tim horton uh, uh nhl veteran of 24 nhl seasons 1445 regular season games and uh he was a defenseman of course uh so he ended up with 518 points and uh so this lists, I don't know if this is his final season, was uh, 63-64. Um, <clears throat> but he passed away in a car accident, I believe, right around that time, maybe, didn't he? Like, he didn't, did he, like, was he still an active player when he died? Or That I don't know. That's a okay, question yeah, for our I can't, I can't remember for sure, but I do know it was on the, uh, the 400 highway between... Uh, Buffalo and uh, Niagara Falls or something like that. Somewhere down there in southern Ontario. Anywho, Tim Horton. Sweet card. 5'10", 180. Wow. Not very big. No. Although for those days, maybe that was a big guy. I don't know. So the next card I got... Oh, wow. Uh, This is a clear... (laughs) Wow, what a card. Maybe I'll save that one for... No, I'll do this one now because it's it's called Clear Cut Phenoms and the card is clear. Whoa. And it's none Austin, other is than... Is that Austin Matthews? I got another Toronto Maple Leaf, so I'm loading up on my favorite <laughs> team here. It's number 34, Austin Matthews. But this card's pretty cool. You can look at it from both sides and it's the same picture on either side. It looks the same. What I don't like about this card, there's no stats or anything. Well, it's clear. Where where do you put the stuff? 
Well, I don't know, at the bottom or something, but like, this is like, you know, CC7, so they, they obviously have some clear-cut phenoms. What's on probably, the back? It's just like... Oh, it's like a reverse. Or whatever. But I bet the other clear-cut phenoms are like Mitch Marner, William Nylander, yeah. uh, Morgan Riley, yeah. uh, <laughs> Frederick <Nick> Anderson, Robertson, <laughs> yeah. Joe Thornton, Jason Spezza. Yeah. Basically, the whole Leafs roster. Is, John Tavares. Yeah, well, you got to have Tavares. He's a clear-cut phenom for sure. Um, so my last card of my Tim Hortons uh, hockey card pack. Uh, this guy, he wears white gloves. I don't oh, know. Oh, jeez. Vegas? Wild Bill. Ah, oh, there he is. Wild Bill Carlson of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, number 71. Used to play for the Blue Jackets. Didn't do a whole lot over there. All of a sudden, he goes to Vegas, scores 43 goals. Um, got a great big contract out of that. And his next two seasons, while not terrible, they certainly haven't uh, been as prolific as that one there he had in Vegas's first season. But, um, no, he's a pretty good player, I would say, overall. He's from Marsta, Sweden. Uh, left-handed well, I, center. I think he's still considered their number one centerman. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't. Uh, well, I guess now Stastny's on the Jets, so they might have a, a like, little less center depth going on there now. I guess is our Pacioretty and Mark Stone. They're both wingers, right? They're wingers. Yeah. yeah so I and guess they were with Stastny. That was like the line. That was yeah. like their line there. So. Yeah, I don't know what Vegas will do up the middle this year. Well, they got um, Alex Tuck. I think he's center him in, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's a fast he's player. Yeah. Good, yeah. So, yeah, of course they – so I was wondering about this, um, you know, and, and it's, it was something that we always wondered with the pandemic and how they the season was suspended. And then when we were talking about the playoffs and stuff, was there going to be an asterisk? Beside this season. Right. Yeah. And the answer is yes. Uh, there's an asterisk on this hockey card for William Carlson. And what does the, the asterisk represent? For the 1920 season, it says NHL uh, 1920 stats through March 11th. So that's the day it shut down, I guess. Oh, I so thought it was 13th. I, I guess they, well, maybe they didn't have a game after the 11th, though. Like, right. Yeah. Um, but um, they probably printed those cards in between the shutdown and the bubble, maybe or something. Maybe, although they've only just released them now, so they might they might have been printed since September when Tampa won the cup. But uh, but either way, like for the for the stats on the back, anyway, like because so for the nineteen twenty season, it shows. Carlson played 63 games, had 46 points, you know, with a little asterisk there on that number on that season, just saying, hey, there was a pandy, boys. You can't <laughs> uh, can't count them all. But I, I but think anyway, I think that's right though, because the players who were played in the bubble, even in the play-in round, those points counted towards the playoffs. Yeah. So even if he would have had games or points in the play-in round those wouldn't go towards those stats so they so technically he did play less games so when it when it goes to negotiating his next contract he can be like well 
I didn't the play back a, of the card yeah, says. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't play a full season, boys. I would have I would have lit it up for those last 10 games. <laughs> boys, did you see my Tim's card? Cuz that's <laughs> yeah. That's how he's based yeah. in his contract negotiation. He's in his arbitration hearing and he's like, "Yeah, uh evidence piece number 1, uh Tim Hortons <laughs> card. Everyone's got a pack in front of them. Please open them." <laughs> Very nice. Well, that, that's a well, decent pack, I guess. You know. Yeah. You got that little see. You got a see-through card and some. Yeah. Some shiny ones. Yeah, I'm gonna try and go get another one somewhere. I just got like a small coffee and uh, and a pack of cards. That'll be my order for when I uh, go. I don't know, maybe because I don't go out anymore. So maybe my like outing will be to go to the Tim's drive-through and get some cards. Well, where's the closest Timmy's down Pamina somewhere? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I was in St. James today, though. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, make your, get yourself a little Gretzky and a pack of cards. <laughs> <laughs> in a small coffee. I'll have a small 99, please. <laughs> it's overflowing. Yeah. Oh, would you like a little coffee with that, dear? <laughs> Oh, yeah, we got to do that. We'll, we'll do an Instagram live sometime and we'll order some drinks. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Right on. Well, so that's uh, that wraps up our uh, hockey card talk for today. There you I think go. that's a great segment to the show because I've got a bunch of hockey cards that. Um, well, I've got, two, now... I've got two cards on standby for next week's show. Okay, nice. I'm yeah. staring and... at them. I, I, I keep them right here because. Yeah. I just want to have them by me. So nice. Yeah, I love digging out old cards and looking at my yeah. old cards. Like, like yesterday, I um, I found um, oh man, which it, it was the pro set. I think it's like ninety ninety one pro set or whatever. Anyway, it was like I think. I know that those cards aren't exactly like worth anything, but that that might be like my favorite set of cards. Well, the anyway. classic like ninety ninety one pro set ones. What I, I, I what I, I remember ninety ninety one or ninety one ninety two. What I remember about those ones is that they had so many errors. There was like <laughs> it was like one guy's name, but like then a different player, or like it'd it be like spelt wrong. Like there was so many error cards. And if do you remember yeah. ever, ever getting those? Uh, are seeing those Beckett magazines? Yeah, with oh, like yeah. with the yeah. the cost or the the value, and it's yeah. like you know here's the, you know the Claude Lemieux error card. You know it's like it's Claude Lemieux's name, but it's like Pierre Turgeon on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> I always I'd go down to the batter's box, which was the comic and card store, and uh you know that's where I got all my cards and stuff, and I'd like occasionally i'd buy a beckett but usually i would just kind of look at it or whatever and i'd be like oh is this card worth anything i'd be like three cents yeah <laughs> yeah and then i'd like buy i i I'd some i don't know like at uh i don't know what you call them like shows or whatever like like flea markets or whatever you know and somebody would be selling like this like i got like a steve shut card from what i'm like i'm like i don't know he's old this is an old card it's gotta be worth something you know (laughs) 
I have no idea if it is. I don't know. Yeah, like Steve Shutt. I think he wasn't even a player really when I was a kid still. Like, I think he was kind of on his way out by the time I can even remember yeah. kind of watching hockey. But anyway. Well, there you go. The hockey card segment. Tim, yeah. Timmy Hose. Yeah, that's right. So what should we move on to now, Randy? Um, well, should we should we play a tune and then continue? Or should we uh, sneak something yeah. else in here? Yeah, let's let's play a tune, and then when we come back, let's talk. Um, well, let's talk. Uh, uh, we'll we'll head on over to our KHL correspondent, Comrade Frickus, and we'll also talk about some uh, possible Jets, uh, Winnipeg Jets lines for whenever the season sort of starts again. Perfect. So right. we're gonna do something different here. We're gonna play two songs. Well, we've done this before sometimes, but yeah. usually they're at the end of the show. But today we're gonna break it up by playing a song right in the middle. And this song uh, comes from the John K. Sampson record, Provincial. And it's about uh, the Riverton rifle, Reggie Leach. So right. here it is. I took a cruise up to Riverton uh, this past summer, took a picture of the rink. Maybe I'll throw that up on the gram one day. But uh, nice. here's the tune. We'll be right back after the song. We, the undersigned, put forth his name. Whereas Reggie Leach was born and played. Minor hockey back in my hometown The rifle fired his first 500 here Slapped his way into the NHL We, the undersigned, put forth his name Whereas some of us weren't always fair To the native kid on borrowed skates Chippy Ghoulies and Ukrainians In the corners with our elbows We, the undersigned, put forth his name Whereas Reggie on a playoff run Could make a dad go by the new TV Put his youngest by the window place Split antenna in a tiny hands. The undersigned put forth his name. Whereas photos from the old Tribune. Reggie smiling with the Stanley Cup. Curled the corners, dropped off bedroom walls. Left a square of where they used to be. We, the undersigned. Well, that was John K. Sampson with his song, The Riverton Rifle. Uh, he had started a petition to get Reggie, is that his name? Reggie? Yeah. Leach? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I had a brain fart there. Reggie Leach. Uh, started a petition to get him into the Hall of Fame, I believe, right? Um, That's correct. And He's still not in the Hall of Fame, but not, uh, yeah, no, so. not yet, but hopefully okay. one day. All right, well... Um, Start. We could start a new petition if if need be. Uh, like a you know. Uh, or do we just build on? 
I don't know. Is there strength in you know adding to the current one, or should we make yeah. two? I don't know. Like it's like yeah. there's two petitions for Reggie Leach and be like, whoa, like that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe a second yeah. a second petition because like wow, like this you know the, one petition just by adding two names to it wouldn't be a big deal, but if we added a whole other petition, strength in numbers. <laughs> I, I like it. I like. I see where you come from, and, and I like it. So I say we'll get a we'll get a whole second petition going for Reggie Leach, the Riverton Rifle. Uh, he won he won a Stanley Cup or two with Philly back in the Broad Street Bullies days, I believe. Right? Correct. And he is the only non goaltender to win the Conn Smythe Award as the playoff MVP for the team. For the team that didn't win the Stanley Cup. For the losing team, right? Yeah. I didn't want to yeah. say losing, so I just said the team that did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very well, very well. Well, um, uh, looks like we've got Comrade Frickus uh, with us here, so we're going to switch over to talk some KHL with our KHL correspondent, uh, Comrade Frickus. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Obviously, you guys noticed the brand new Talking Hockey intro that was yeah. strictly in Russian this week. So yeah. thank you for joining me and my comrades. So have you <laughs> learned the word, uh, the Russian word for goal? No. Do you know that? No, I no? don't. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I watch KHL hockey on DAZN and it's all in English, but hey. All right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what you... Do they give you the option of listening in Russian? No, it it sounds like uh, I don't know, like uh, um, someone that might might have done some play by play for like ESPN two, you know, like yeah. you know, some young hip guy kind of thing. But okay. you know, you can turn it down and just watch the hockey. Yeah. So, what's the big storyline going on in the KHL right now this week or lately? Well, obviously. Um, you know, if you've been following the Talking Hockey Instagram, we've been showing our love to to a fellow named Dimitri Jaskin, who, yeah. if you look at his numbers right now, he would definitely win a Cy Young Award with 19 goals and 9 assists. Oh, buddy. He's added a couple <laughs> to his total. Nice. Yeah. So um, what, what I wanted to kind of focus on this week with the KHL is someone that we all know and love and someone okay. that had quite the career in the NHL. It's uh, Pavel Datsuk. He's, oh, yeah, he's still, Pavel. He's still going strong. And nice. if you look at his numbers over there, um, 21 games played, 6 goals, 16 assists, 22 points. He's a plus 12. And he's playing seven uh, over 17 minutes a night. And I think well, he's... He's like young, uh, like in his early forties, I believe. Yeah, he's got to be north of forty. He's so, forty. Sorry, he's forty-two. Wow, which team is he playing for? Sorry. Uh, this is gonna need some help here, but it's Avtomobilist. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, their 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 logo is an A with some wings coming out of it. Yeah, but he okay. he would Detroit Red Wings of the cage. <laughs> pretty no. much. So he he would have played a lot of like he he's played a few seasons over there. Um yeah. it, he's played with St. Petersburg and and uh, CSKA Moscow. But um the fact that um you know 
he's 42 and he's if you look at the top top scorers in the league he is 21st mm-hmm. um guys ahead of him uh obviously um we were talking about him last week uh ship 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 Shib- yeah, I think it's Shipachev. Shipachev, isn't it? yeah, Shipachev. Yeah, the the guy he was number eighty seven for Vegas Golden Knights, and he had a for cup one of game. he had a cup of coffee with the Vegas Golden Knights, and, and then he went uh, went back over. But anyways, um, <clears throat> the basically the hype is real here with uh, Dimitri Jaskin. Every okay. single game, it seems like he's he's tucking a few, and you know we're not just saying that because we like saying his name and making puns <laughs> making puns on the word jaskin yeah, like you're jaskin for it yeah. or uh, jaskin you shall receive yeah this or... guy is uh literally you know filling filling the net and um you know over the next couple couple episodes um things that we're going to focus on are uh um adding to just um some focus on some of the guys that are North Americans that go over to the KHL yeah. to play because um, maybe they haven't been able to stick with an NHL team or a pro team over here. But guys like N- Nigel Dawes, Darren yeah. Dietz, for instance, who was a Montreal draft pick, and he went over to the KHL, and they've yeah. been playing like multiple uh, successful seasons. So over the next couple weeks, um, I'll start focusing on some North Americans um, nice. making making a living over there in Russia. Um, but you know, the, the pretty cool thing is, um, after only watching for a couple of weeks, um, really seeing kind of who, who the stars are and it's, yeah. it's basically, uh, these guys from Moscow dynamo, but, uh, yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. It's cool. Like, it just, yeah. so here, here's a question. Just, uh, I don't know, um, you know, uh, what your feeling on it would be. So, so, so. Dimitri Jaskin did play about 300 games in the NHL. Never really cracked the, you know, the more than 10 goals a season or whatever. Like his numbers weren't, they weren't great or whatever. You know, I think he was probably a, a suitable third line forward or whatever he was. Um, but do you think that maybe if he continues tearing it up in the KHL, he might get another look in the NHL? Do you think an NHL team would uh, reach out to him, and and do you think he would take it if they did? I can't see why not. Like, I can't really speak to the money. Like, I, I would assume he's probably making some sweet cash playing for Moscow yeah. Dynamo, being a Russian, scoring this many goals. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's like cashing in big time. Yeah, uh, maybe... you got to think if an NHL team does reach out to bring him over. It's gonna be for like a million dollars, you know what I mean? Like one year, one. Yeah, million. they're not they're not gonna throw like a big bucket of money at them because yeah. a lot of teams don't have a lot of money to spend. Um, yeah. Uh, but in his case, maybe he doesn't even want to play in the NHL either. Like maybe he's right. cool playing maybe. in Russia. But exactly, but... like maybe he's kind of he's he's been there, done that. Now I think he's about twenty seven, and he's like, hey, I'm fine here in Russia, tearing it up, or I don't know. But I, I, I also think that there's some guys that can go over to the KHL and maybe kind of like refine their game and yeah. hopefully it trans- transitions back to the NHL. Um, yeah. Like, uh, you know, a guy like, for instance, um, like Brandon Kozin right now for Dynamo Minsk. 
he was pretty much a career like minor leaguer but uh, like over the past week i think he was like the the player of the week player of the game or player of the week or something for the khl scoring like uh, a bunch of goals and i like i looked back at his stats he's he's a 30 year old canadian and didn't really do much in north america but over in the khl he's again he's got roughly uh uh, Cy Young, like award-winning numbers with four, <laughs> 14 goals and nine assists uh, in 21 games. So over a point a game, yeah. but he's scoring goals like at will. So mm-hmm. is that something that maybe could transition back, or are these guys just cool with staying over there and yep. and you know doing that whole thing? I, I I would say maybe guys like Brendan Leipzig. I'm sure he wouldn't mind coming back to the NHL one time, you know, eventually. But a guy like Nigel Dawes, I think he knows that that that's his world and he's 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 successful over there and he's making money. He's away from his family, but you know, he still gets to play hockey and get paid and make a lot of money that, you know, can go into his family's future or whatever. But um it's yeah, it's I think it's also interesting when you look at the hockey like it's different like it's pro hockey it's it's good to watch because it's live and it's you know it's current but it's just not the nhl like the nhl is the best league in the world you know for 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 a reason because those guys are clearly like they're so fast i find the khl is a little dirty like i don't know like there's like there's some pretty dirty stuff that goes on like well, the, kneeing yeah, and the, like yeah. not that that happens a lot but like it had yeah, just some some questionable stuff like almost like late night beer league like kind right. of kind of moves you know like i don't know just yeah. little cheap like little cheap and dirty kind of plays like that um and i don't know maybe because there's like a lack of or not as much respect between the players because these guys are from all over the place whereas like guys in the NHL they probably all are very familiar with each other just from being around each other for years and stuff. Um, but yeah, anyways, it just, the KHL is just kind of neat. And then like you end up having guys like uh, Jaskin who just couldn't make it in the NHL or just didn't work out here, but he's like the talk of the league. If you look at any of the KHL social media um posts or or like their website like he's all over it but i also think like moscow dynamo is i guess you could kind of consider them like the i don't know like the leafs or the canadians new york rangers yeah like they're they're like the prestige or prestigious team kind of thing well that jaskin's a beauty too he's missing a tooth he's got a big smile on his face and it's what you like to see well he's a big guy too like I, i don't know who like who i would compare him to like he's a big guy and he can score like Dustin Penner in his prime, maybe like Dustin Penner, something like that. But better than Penner, though. Probably, yeah, he'd be faster than Dustin Penner. But like, if I was trying to think of a current player, like a big guy like that that can put the puck in the net, like maybe, maybe Lucic from quite a few years ago. You know, yeah. it's tough to say, but yeah, it's just, it's it's like a whole other world. It's like, um, are you a Seinfeld guy at all? Oh yeah. 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 So like you know Bizarro Jerry and stuff. <laughs> yeah, <exactly laughs> so right. the, the KHL, it's like Bizarro NHL. Like it's like. <laughs> yeah. 
But it's nice. I like the KHL for the reason that they don't have the international ice surface size. They have a, more of an NHL ice surface or North American size, you know. Whereas if you go and look at the pro leagues in Sweden and Finland, uh, Switzerland, Germany, they all use that European international ice size that's uh, a little wider and a little longer. That's so, right, yeah. Um, I don't know if all the ice surfaces in the KHL are uniform or if they are to the same specs as North America, but I think what's a typical rink in North America, it's like 200 Two. feet long by 80 feet wide or something like that, right? Yeah, so. and I think international is like 100 feet wide or something. Like right. I know, like I think... Um, have you ever played on big ice? I have. The St. John's Ravens Court um, rink that they have at their school. Really? It, it's international size ice. And it's, right? it's pretty crazy, like, how much room behind the net there is. Yeah. So you could get lost back there. Like, you're so <laughs> you're so used to, like, not having a ton of space. Like, the net's, you know, whatever, eight feet from the boards or whatever. But, yeah, yeah it, it's, like, 12 feet or something. Like, it's, it's crazy, wild. yeah. Imagine Gretzky if he had grown up in, like, Europe or whatever. And all if he played on international ice, how many how many assists and stuff he would have had like in, in Gretzky's office behind the net. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. He has room to work back there. I wonder, like, I don't know, like these hockey players are so fast and they're getting faster by the day. Like you'd think that they might have to make the ice bigger soon. Like, because they're going to run out of room. Yeah. You know, like guys like McDavid who can get across the ice, like in a matter of seconds. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would well, love to I mean, see on bigger ice. Yeah. Well, and that's when we can, that's where we could hope for like an Olympics, eh? Uh, International. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, when the 2010, getting a little off topic here, but when the 2010 Olympics happened in Vancouver, they used NHL size ice. They didn't use the international. That's right. Was that just because it was in North America? Like, I don't remember Salt Lake if they did or didn't. No, it's always wherever the, wherever the Olympics are. hosted yeah okay so it would be that size ice so if the olympics were over in you know prague or wherever they they would be using international ice like in in those those parts um but if if it's north america then you know it's uh you know nhl regulation size ice okay but apparently i heard through the grapevine that if the nhl or if there was any events that needed international ice Apparently, the MTS Center can do it. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess all they got to do is take out a few rows of uh, seats, and often those first few rows are like, uh, on, like they're, I don't know what the word is, but you can like fold them up and take them away kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, apparently uh, the building was built in mind that it could do an international ice, which is smart. Yeah, who knows? for sure. I would, I would like, uh, yeah, I would kill for an international hockey tournament. Um, and I know that we've got the World Juniors coming up. Knock on wood. Hopefully, if coronavirus doesn't uh, ruin that. But you know, um, if we could get like a World Cup that, like, they did a couple years ago or if an Olympics or whatever, like that would just be amazing. I'd love it. And I, I don't really like I don't really care ab- about the Olympics per se. I'm usually interested in them in when they happen, 
But like, if they did a World Cup instead of the Olympics, I would be perfectly fine with that. I just want like a best on best international tournament, essentially. That's all I want. Well, I think the difference with the Olympics is that there's all those other events going on too. Yeah, you know. Whereas, really like, if cool. if it was yeah. just if it was just World Cup, then yeah. it's just hockey. Or if it's World Championships or whatever, like it's just a hockey based competition. Whereas yeah. with Olympics, like there's everything else going on that you're following along because of Canada and stuff. Yeah, but, exactly. And then you always hear the stories too about the athletes who, um, you know, like intermingling with all the other athletes, uh, like the curlers. And like the, watching their other games and stuff and yeah, cheering them on. curlers and the snowboarders are hanging out together and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to see, I, like I, I like the last World Cup. And yeah. I've been, I liked it so much that I'm still be trying to track down a Team North America jersey because I want one because <laughs> those were sweet. Yeah. But I still I can't like I can't find one without having to like spend a million bucks on eBay. But yeah, well, they, uh, yeah. But like that so was so cool. Kinda, with, they, those Team North America jerseys were black and gray, if I remember correctly, and orange, orange, like oh, little, a little bit of an orange yeah, trim. Yeah. Speaking of gray jerseys, your uh, Winnipeg Jets, they just. Uh, uh, we talked about this a bit last week with the retro reverse jerseys. This is my sweet segue to oh, our next topic here. Nice. Uh, we're gonna let's talk about some Winnipeg Jets. Just, you know, we're um, contractually obligated to to get some Jets talk in here, and so we're kind of we're humming and hawing and thinking about what the what the forward lines are going to look like this year for the Jets. There's a couple new faces, um, and there's a couple couple. Uh, young guys maybe who are gunning for a spot we don't even know if there's going to be an ahl team or ahl this year that's true So, like those guys who would be sorry up or down kind of on the cusp of ahl nhl it's like what even happens with them um there's a lot of question marks obviously so um but jets wise nhl jets wise what what do you foresee Let's start with the top two lines uh, because it's pretty much a given as to who's going to be in that top six. How do you see those top two lines looking? Well, I think I could pretty much predict what's written in black permanent marker on a whiteboard right now in the Winnipeg Jets dressing room or Paul Maurice's office. And I know it, it's got two guys beside each other on the same line, and that's Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Uh, I just know that those guys are uh, going to be playing together, which I guess it's fine. Um, but well, I mean, there's been success there; it's worked. Um, so, do you assume Kyle Connor's on the other wing, and then the, and that the second line is essentially then Statsny, Line, and Ehlers? I do, but I also think that maybe Ehlers and Connor might flip. Yeah. Um, because I know that they like they do like to have Ehlers with Shifley and Wheeler sometimes, but yep. I don't know like the famed Schwielers line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but what like whether or not all this talk is true about Line A and wanting to leave or whatever this kind of stuff, um, who knows? But it just does seem like. Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler are best buds and they want to be together. Best buds forever, forever kind of thing. Um, yeah. 
And so, so I, 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 I don't know. I, I, the Jets aren't about. So that's what you would see Maurice doing, putting that line together, uh, or at least that pair together. But what would you would you do the same thing, or would you consider maybe a different formation in that top six? I'd put Liney with Shifley. I yeah. would, yeah. yeah. And I don't so know, why like, Liney, Shifley, and Wheelers be a line? Because I, th- well, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's it's, it's a uh, maybe a personality thing. I don't know. Uh, who knows? But like, mm. that'd be great. But I also think that Connor and Ehlers together aren't probably a great fit. Right. I would say. They're but... both kind of zone entry guys, so it's better to split them in a way because you put the puck on Ehlers' stick and he can take it coast to coast and get the puck, get pucks deep. Uh, pretty much the same deal with Connor, like using his speed. Connor's more north-south than Ehlers, I think, maybe, but they, they end up doing the same thing, and that's getting pucks deep. Connor's a very underrated forechecker, I think. Um, well, he's he, good with uh, his stick, and he's he's quick. Yeah. He, he gets on yeah. them quickly. Exactly. He doesn't hammer the guys through the end boards like they used to do in the 80s and 90s, but he gets in there quick, pokes the puck loose with his stick, and then hops on it and makes a play. But, I, th- uh, I think a, a cool thing like that could event could you know develop is if if Connor Shifley Wheeler stay together. And that's that's the line. Like that's they stick with it. Like it it's worked in the past. It'll keep working because those guys are so good. They know each other. They like they love playing each other. But it'd be yeah. it'd be very cool to see though if Stasny, Liney, and Ehlers really connected. And then like almost if they performed better than that line, it'd be kind of neat to see some competition. And then it's like oh like. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe maybe Stasny is that missing piece for Liney, and <clears throat> they just turn it on, and then all of a sudden they're outscoring the Shifley line, and like yeah. then to have that internal competition because I know those guys would have it. Um, that'd be kind of cool to see, and it's like, um, you know, that the, in in turn that makes the team better because everyone's pushing each other harder. But it'd be kind of neat to see that, like, if this set in stone line of Shifley Connor Wheeler stays, then it'd be maybe nice to see like a a second line that, you know, uh maybe for the next two seasons it's Line Stasny and Ehlers, but then, you know, that ends up being Cole Perfetti and then that line stays together. But then the new kid comes in. Yeah. And then that becomes the top line and then by then Shifley and Wheeler are older and then they drop down, you know? Yeah. Who knows? But I don't know. Yeah. I I just don't really see, um, I I don't really see any drastic changes. Like as much as you'd want to see them using the space from Brian Little's contract and bringing in like another really good defenseman or something, I just don't see anything happening. I think these are the cards that they have in their deck, yeah. and they're gonna play with them. Um, maybe the yeah. the wild cards might be a guy like Christian Veselainen might come in and he's doing really well right now in Europe. Maybe like he'll come into the mix. Maybe a guy like Jansen Harkins who played great last season. Maybe he's going to bring more to the team this year. Um, Yeah. Mason Hamilton too. That's where it gets a little bit. I think the top six of the Winnipeg Jets is pretty set in stone. So no matter how you slice it, 
those six guys are going to be your top six. Probably the Shifley Wheeler combo will stay together. And then, yeah, you look at that, uh, the success they've had with Connor. Why not? So there's your top two lines. Um, the the question with the Jets is what what's the bottom six look like? And there's a lot of competition for six jobs. And like you mentioned, Jansen Harkins kind of came around last year. Uh, Mason Appleton had a good year when he wasn't hurt. He broke his foot playing football, uh, broke his ankle or something playing football before the outdoor classic in Regina. Uh, <laughs> that uh, that was a lot of fun. I went to it, and uh, that would have been in October of last year. So I guess about a month ago in my social media thing it was like remember this remember that (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh yeah (laughs) yeah so um but uh you know so like i think as a lock for third line center you've got adam lowry for sure as a lock on his wing you've got uh, andrew Andrew cop for sure so then who's the other guy that's going to be on the other wing could it be could it possibly be cole perfetti could it be david gustafson could it be uh, Jansen Harkins or Mason Appleton or Jack Roslovic? But Jack Roslovic doesn't have a contract at this time. Do you think he's going to get a, do you think Jack Roslovic's going to get a contract and B uh, where will he slot into the lineup? Once he gets the contract, he's probably going to get a is probably not a real question. But. <laughs> I, oh, I think he's, he's going to be a jet next season. I, I do believe yeah. that. Yeah. I, I think basically that wing, like the other wing, like the right wing, I guess for cop and Lowry, I think it's basically up between Harkins, Appleton and Roslovic and whoever yeah. earns that spot. And right okay. now I would say that probably Appleton maybe he has got the upper hand like i would think yeah. uh, i think he plays well with those other two players and that's a he's big he's very line, fast right? yeah cuz when you look then at that line you're like oh, okay Lowry's a big boy cops a pretty big boy appleton's a pretty big boy that's a that's a heavy line yeah and then so then the, the fourth line obviously you got Nate Thompson in the middle yep um and then you still got Matthew Perot yeah. Um, maybe that fourth line is Matthew Perot, Nate Thompson, Jack Roslovic. I don't know. Um, but I, you know, I I I really want to see Christian Veselainen. Like he's yeah. a he's a big guy too. I just don't know where he would go, where he would fit. But yeah, he, those are all good problems the, to have. He's the kind of guy that you probably don't necessarily want on your fourth line. You'd rather have him. Third, third or second line but, for sure, yeah. But but that said, you know, if you've got Nate Thompson and Matthew Perot, Perot can make plays. He's a nifty player. Um, and Nate Thompson is a good 200-foot sort of player. He's not necessarily going to light you up with a bunch of points, but um, he's a, a good face-off guy, penalty killer, and knows what he's doing on the ice, right? So he's a, he's a good pro. So maybe Veselainen, if he if he were to g- crack the the team and and play on that fourth line, then, you know, he can uh still get some offensive opportunity because I think that the fourth line 
would be playing more than it did last year. Well, for like sure. Last year they were on for like three minutes a game. It was that, that's the key though. It's ridiculous. like, and maybe that's where you start putting more talent on that fourth line because yeah. again, like the past two seasons, pretty much the fourth line for the Winnipeg Jets yeah. is basically just keeping the bench warm. Like, yeah, exactly. Like they, I don't even know if they, like if they regularly broke, um, you know, set, oh yeah, that or like seven minutes, <laughs> seven minutes a game. Yeah. You know, like no, for so sure you, not. Like, all those teams that you watch that are successful, they're all rolling four lines. So. Yeah, their fourth line's got to play at least like ten, twelve minutes at least, at least. Yeah. So well, and and, and then interestingly too, though, so the, if the third line ends up being say Lowry, Cop, and Appleton, so then Jack Roslovic, who's a relatively skilled guy who could theoretically play maybe even second line on some teams or something. So maybe he becomes, maybe, maybe that fourth line is Thompson, Roslovic and, and, um, Perot. Yeah. You know, and there's a line you can throw out for 15 minutes a night if you have to probably, or at least 10 or 12. Yeah. Uh, giving, you know, then you don't have to play Blake Wheeler 26 minutes a night, which I, like I love, I like Blake Wheeler and all, but I mean, you can definitely tell when he's played past eighteen. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> and also, like, if the, you know, the bubble or the play-in round or whatever you want to call it is, like, a- enough evidence that you need depth. You know, like the Jets lost two guys, Liney yeah. and Shifley, and it just seemed like their whole roster was decimated. Yeah, it was like, just like no, no one could get anything going. Like you even posted those stats of the Jets' top scorers from the bubble, and what what was it like? Ro- well, Roslovic like, had two points in four games, and that was tied for second. Well, and La- there was Lowry. And Lowry Cop. had three points in four games, and Lowry was the team leading yeah. scorer with one goal, two assists. But so then you lose. Like you need to have all these guys because like you're yeah. gonna have injuries and you're gonna have guys like out and stuff. So, um, it's a good problem to have to have all these forwards. And maybe next episode with our special guest, we can talk about uh our de- the defense and what we yeah. what we think might happen there. But uh, sure, it's I I would say that the defense to me uh, doesn't seem as deep as the forwards and also um. You know, uh, Dylan Sandberg was in a car accident this past oh, week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but too, yeah. maybe we'll t- we'll leave that for the defensive chat next week. Big, uh, yeah, big yeah. thanks to uh, our uh, man on the street, Liam, for the heads up on that one. There, that was uh, quite the thing to read the other morning. First thing, <laughs> it's like uh, Jets defenseman prospect Le- uh, Dylan Sandberg in a car accident in Minnesota. Uh, just outside Duluth, I looked it up on a map. I found the exact intersection where it happened. Uh, oh, yeah. So a car, a car had pulled over. No, a car hit a deer, pulled over, wasn't fully off the road. I don't know if they had the four ways on or what. Some pedestrians came to help, and then Samberg was coming along in his truck, and. I, like I say, like I don't know if the four ways were on this car that pulled over but wasn't fully out of the road. Sandberg's truck hit that guy, hit that car, and then another car or truck or something came and hit those ones, and then that ended up moving the two previous cars over and 
one of the pedestrians or two of the pedestrians got hurt. Oh, okay. So I, I think everybody's okay, but also the two pedestrians, uh, they were like aged 86 and 92 or something like that. So uh, hopefully they're all right because it doesn't take a whole lot to uh, ding up somebody that uh advanced in their age you know what i mean so uh yeah hopefully they're doing all right and hopefully sandberg's all right too because yeah. well, uh, well like if you think back to the start of last season when sammy niku was in a car accident yeah. and that seemed to well, kind of affect the line affect his that? whole Is season the two yeah of those guys i think so yeah. Yeah. yeah but yeah anyways um yeah i don't know well, we can leave the defensive chat for next week, but um, sounds good. Yeah, again, there's All just right. there's well, so many so many things, so many factors at play that um, I still believe that we're a, a, a ways away from watching NHL hockey. Anyways, yeah, that's why I'm so that. into the KHL. <laughs> sounds good. Well, let's take a quick little break here. We'll come right back, and we're gonna talk rookies. Right on. Uh, but yeah, we'll quick little break on talking hockey, the hockey talking show. Gut alert. Hey, gang. Friendly reminder from Tom and Brandy to make sure that your gut is tucked in. A gentleman tucks it in. All right, and welcome back to the third period of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is when it gets serious, folks. The third period, you dig in, you give 110 Ps because you, uh, you know, it's now or never. It's, uh, you know, leave it all on the ice, boys. Uh, don't want to, uh, you don't want to you don't want the game to end and and feel like you didn't give it your all basically. So uh third periods when you can lay it all on the line. It's gut check time, boys. Gut check time, boys. Tuck it in or untuck it either way. Letter let's let's go, let's go. Here we go now. Um Randy, I want to talk rookies. I don't know why I want to talk rookies, but I do. Um actually I'll tell you exactly why I want to talk rookies because uh, I was reminded of a wicked song called Rookie of the Year by the Handsome Brothers. And we're going to play that song after this segment to end the show. But, um, you know, that song got me thinking about, uh, well, rookies and the impact that they can make, they can make and have made and all that kind of thing. And um, I guess just talking about that song too you know what we'll talk about that after we talk about some actual rookies we'll talk about our playlist that you can get through the link in the bio on the instagram page uh it's all hockey songs and talking hockey related theme songs and whatnot so but the most recent rookie of the year so I guess voted to have had the most impact on his team or whatever made the best impact in hockey was Kale McCarr defenseman for the um, Colorado avalanche. Uh, and anybody who's watched him play this year, I think will say, yeah, that kid looks like the real deal. Very um, smooth skater. Yeah. Like really great skater makes good pass. He seems to be defensively sound what did you say you just uh, before we started uh, recording again here you gave me his uh his uh his stat, his line or whatever like his, Yeah, he's his... 5 511 187. Okay, so thinking back to Tim Horton on our hockey cards there, he's 510 180. So a little bit bigger than Tim Horton. So that's a pretty good um let's just say Kale McCarr is a modern era Tim Horton. Um I think that 
that will go over well with everybody who's, you know, uh, historically, uh, like I never saw Tim Horton play, so I have no idea, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm wondering, uh, 60 years of, you know, Kale McCarr is going to have a coffee place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it'll be like a kale smoothie place. maybe. Yeah. yeah kale. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so it got me thinking though, um, the rookie of the year, right? Like, uh, often they become big stars. Um, some of the biggest stars usually win rookie of the year and they maintain through their whole career to be the rookie of the year. You were saying that the uh, Colorado avalanche slash Quebec Nordiques have six, six. guys who six yeah. guys at all time who've won the rookie of the year trophy. Uh, the leader in that category, though, teams who have had the most guys win the Rookie of the Year is actually the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, they don't, they haven't, uh, they've never had a guy win the Norris Trophy for best defenseman. It's probably be probably been a, a, a hundred years since they had a guy who won the Art Ross or the Hart Trophy or whatever. Well, maybe Daryl Sittler would have won. Oh, yeah, maybe Sittler. It's going back a ways. Um, But the the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year is one that a Maple Leaf has had the honor of winning 10 different times, most recently with our clear-cut phenom, number 34, Austin Matthews. Uh, But um, here's three guys who one could argue are the biggest stars hockey has had and they did not win the rookie of the year award so guy number 1 do you want to am i guessing uh, no. i'm going to i'm going to make you guess who won the rookie of the year award the year that these guys didn't so i'm going to tell you the three guys who these are these, you say the word hockey, and these are three guys that just you think of. And so, Gordy Howe, rookie in 1946 47, he did not win the rookie of the year. Wayne Gretzky, rookie in 79 80, did not win the rookie of the year. Sidney Crosby, rookie in uh 05 06, did not win the rookie of the year. Do you know, Randy, who did win the Rookie of the Year in each of those? So in 46-47, the year Gordie Howe was a rookie, who uh, who won the Rookie of the Year? Do you know? I, I don't know. I, the only guy I could think of is like Maurice Richard or Jean Beliveau <laughs> or someone like that. Yeah. Um, it's not either of those guys, but it's a guy you would have heard of, and he was in the – news recently due to passing away at the age of 97 it's oh, uh howie meeker howie meeker yeah nice. howie meeker won the calder trophy in 1946-47 uh played 55 games for the toronto maple leafs scored 27 goals and added 18 apples for 45 points um yeah he was uh awarded the rookie of the year that year gordy in his rookie season uh, not, I mean, this is why Gordy didn't win it in his rookie season, I guess. He had, uh, Gordy had seven goals, 15 assists for 22 points 
in 58 games in that 1946-47 season. So um, Howie, at the time, a very deserving winner with 27 Genos on nice. the year as a rookie. So, and that was actually a career high for him. Uh, Howie didn't play in the NHL for terribly long. He, um, you know, he had about seven, eight seasons, maybe 350 games is all he played. And then he decided, you know what, boys, I'm better off up in the uh, broadcast. The yeah. So. And then, and Gordy Howe went on to play like five more decades. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Gordy played. I here's now here's a crazy Gordy Howe fact for you. Just like this blows my mind. So Gordy, um, yeah, like you say, he played a hundred seasons essentially. So well, he played the forties, the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, and the eighties. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Gordy never broke 50 goals, actually. The, he had 49. In 1952-53, Gordy had 49 goals, and that was his career high for, for goals. Um, and that's when seasons were 70 games long, too, so they didn't have... 70 they, games playing against six teams or five teams. Yeah, they, they hadn't expanded at that point yet. Um, but so Gordy actually only ever had... So not counting his WHA years, which he played about six-ish years in the WHA, I think. Um, Not counting those years, so NHL only, he only ever had one season which he scored 100-plus points. Uh, And that year came in 68-69 when Gordy was 40 years old. And he scored 103 points. So he waited until he was 40, till he broke 100. Uh, pretty wild. Like, the guy was just so steady. That's so his actual ever... points per game must be kind of low. Like, um, his average of points per game? It's still over a point per game, because he, in the NHL, he played 1767 regular season games and had 1850 points. Okay, so yeah, it's over one. But like Yeah. Mary his Lemieux WHA, his WHA 419 games, 508 points. So well over a point a game there too. Like I think in perspective Mary Lemieux does he have the highest points per game? I think so. With yeah, like 1.9 or something one of like the that. the highest yeah. PPGs guys, yeah, for sure. Um but I mean like Gordy was just like so remarkably consistent. Well, and, and just like, for, for a long for like time, every year, like even up till he, like he's putting up the best career, the best season of his career when he's forty years old. Like, and then he played till he was fifty or whatever it was. So, you know, he was uh, quite the hockey player. So that's a fun Gordy Howe fact for you. So, okay, so the next guy on that list that did not win the Calder Trophy was Wayne Gretzky, nineteen seventy nine eighty. We all know about Wayne Gretzky. I, I have a feeling that he might not have been eligible for the Calder Trophy that year because he did win the Hart Trophy as the most valuable player. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, maybe he wasn't considered a rookie because he played in he the, WHA. the WHA. He had the WHA season the year prior, and, and they, then the they, Oilers merged into the NHL. So maybe technically also he was the, not eligible. Yeah, I don't know. But I think yeah, that's the, probably it's funny that it's funny that he won the MVP, but they wouldn't give him the rookie. But I guess 
Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what's the definition of a rookie? He's, I guess he's already played one year of pro, so he's not a rookie anymore, I guess, but he's still a rookie in the NHL. Well, I don't know. Exactly. And, um, and then in his NHL rookie season, uh, he, uh, he did not win the Art Ross, although he tied for the league lead in scoring. He with Marcel Dion, they both had 137 points, but Marcel had two goals more than Wayne did. So, so he gets the Art Ross. So so uh, Marcel won the Art Ross. Wayne got the heart. Do you know who got the Calder for Rookie of the Year that year? I'll guess, and if I don't get it right, you can give me a hint, okay? Okay. So I'm going to guess Ray Bork. Boom. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. We got a wiener. It was Raymond Bork, defenseman's extraordinaire. Uh, Yeah, Ray Bork won the Rookie of the Year trophy that year, scoring 65 points in 80 games as a rookie defenseman for the Boston Bruins. That's great. Yeah, and Ray, of course, would go on to become – I don't know if he's the leading defensive scorer of all time or what, but like pretty much anyway, like between him and Paul Coffey. And, yeah. I think those guys, yeah. maybe Nicholas, I mean, Lipstrom, Paul, Nicholas Lipstrom was up there maybe now too. Yeah. I mean, he just didn't put up the points the same way that Ray. Yeah. Well, Paul Coffey just lit it Coffey up. Coffey did yeah. though. And, and Bobby or didn't play long enough. Only to 10 seasons for Bobby. The, yeah. He didn't have the same, like he had incredible numbers, but, Again, yeah, just didn't have the longevity that that the other guys did. Like Ray Bork played a solid twenty-two years or whatever it was, um, famously ending uh, his career with the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup, finally, and then re- re- retiring a champion. So, uh, um, but yeah, so that that's a fun fact. You would all, I think that it would be common. Uh, knowledge or thought that you would think oh yeah for sure Wayne Gretzky won the Stanley Cup as a or sorry that won the uh, Calder Trophy as a rookie of the year but no it was it was Ray Bork uh, number 8th overall in the 79 NHL entry draft so then the third uh, guy who you think well surely he must have won the uh the rookie of the year. This is an easy one. I know this one. Yeah, yeah. Sidney Crosby, 2005-06. Sid came into the league and scored 102 points as a rookie. Um, immediately improved the fortunes of his team, although the Penguins did not make the playoffs that year. They would make the playoffs the following year and then pretty much every year ever since. And, uh, yeah. And win three Stanley it, Cups. Yeah, three. Yeah, three Stanley Cups. You know what hasn't Sid won? Basically, so but he hasn't won the Calder. So he didn't win the Calder as Rookie of the Year, but I think you know who it was, do you? Uh, <laughs> I, it's an easy one. There you go. Ovechkin. Let's hear it. Alex Ovechkin, correct, Mondo. Uh, Alex O. He had 106 points in his rookie year, 52 goals, 54 assists. So he he bested Sid Crosby that time there for sure. But if I could um, be if I could be devil's advocate here, mm-hmm. so Ovechkin would have been well older than Crosby. I think he's a full year at least. He he dra- he was drafted. I think 
it's because of the lockout, right? Because they ended up being Correct. rookies the same season because of the lockout. Correct. And, yes. Yeah. But also, Ovechkin would have been playing pro hockey over in Russia for I think a couple seasons with Moscow Dynamo, the same way we were talking about last week. Correct. Um, so again, you could maybe get into the old: is he a rookie or not? He's already played a couple seasons of pro, but yeah, uh, yeah. I guess that well, did, like... that didn't matter with uh, this vote, but. Um, even the same thing with Team Mussolini. He was yep. he was a 22 year old rookie. He would have played, I think, almost four seasons of pro hockey over in Finland. But right. he came over and, and he scored 76 well, goals and 130 whatever points. But he was always he was already a 22 year old man playing pro hockey compared to some guys who come in like Connor McDavid and they're and they're 18. Yeah. 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 And and and. Uh... You know, for sure, like that—that's a factor. And you look at guys like Panarin, and uh, this year there was uh, K- Kubalik or K- whatever that guy's name is for Chicago. Yeah. Um, you know these guys who come over from the KHL or whatever, uh, or they've played a couple years in Sweden or wherever, and and yeah, they're 22 by the time they come over. But like you look at that that rookie year that Timu Solani had. And that's probably the greatest single rookie season of anybody ever. Wayne Gretzky included with his 137 points. And, you know, like, but that, that team who uh, scored 76 goals as a rookie, that's pretty fantastic. Probably one that's a record that's not really ever going to be broken, but. But he was also 22. Like he's not 18. Yeah, and so a lot of like the thing is a lot of rookies these days are eighteen. They're just yeah. because the guys are getting so much better and younger. They're younger that I think you know you're not going to see a twenty-two-year-old rookie. Like, although actually, funny story, Kale McCarr I think was twenty-two, but um, really? that's that's different well, because he's defense. But like those like yeah. those, those elite players. Um, they're all coming into the NHL at 18. Like the second yeah. they can put on an NHL jersey, they're in the game. Like they're not, they're not uh, developing these guys as much anymore. Well, you know, because they don't need it. That, another guy that we could have added to the list of guys who did not win the Rookie of the Year trophy, and you would think, oh, well, maybe they would have, is Connor McDavid. Yeah, but he was and injured. I already said who did win it that year was was Artemi Panarin. That was uh, 2015, 16. But McDavid so, was he was injured for most of the season, though. Yeah, he only played half the year, and that was the knock against him. I guess was that. So McDavid had 48 points in 45 games, and then he broke his collarbone. What was the guy? It was a Philadelphia. Oh, it was, uh, a, it was a yeah. He went hard into those end boards. And then that guy plays for the Oilers now, I think, doesn't he? Oh yeah, I don't know. I can't remember who. I can it remember was. the play. I don't remember who that was, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying I, I don't recall who it was, but yeah, Panarin came into the league, uh, scored, you know, 77 points in 80 games as a, as a quote unquote rookie, but he'd already played in the KHL for like, <laughs> I don't know how oh, yeah. many years. He was an old man. Yeah, he was. Tw- well, he was 23, so not an old man, but you know, he's. Certainly not an eighteen-year-old. Uh, the physically, well, the difference between an eighteen-year-old, it's big. Yeah, yeah, it's five years. Yeah, yeah. plus mm-hmm. that's five years of playing against men, 
where if you're an 18 year old playing in North America, you know, you're playing against, you're playing junior, you're playing junior, but you're playing against guys your age and younger. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, uh, do you have any, uh, other interesting rookie, uh, facts and figures or anything you've, you, that are burning that you need to toss out there? Well, uh, for me, the big one is just Team Mussolini. Like, it, yeah. that, like that. When you think of rookies, like that is the that's the ultimate rookie season right there. Like, yeah. I, I think the previous record was fifty fifty two goals or fifty three goals. I think for Mike Bossy. Okay. And then Timu ended up getting seventy six. Like, blew that out of the water. Just blew it away. Like. When, when, well, when is someone going to score a 76 not even being a rookie? Yeah. Like, who's ever? Who's the best goal scorer right now? Like Ovechkin or? I mean, Ovechkin, essentially, yeah. But is he going to, is he going to score 76? Probably not. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, Ovi topped out, Ovi topped out at 60 something, I believe. But so, like, just, if just closed my Ovi tab, damn it. If, if the, if the real guys, like, the, in their prime aren't even going to sniff 60. How is a rookie going to get 76? See, like it's just, yeah. I just don't see it happening. Ovi had 65 in his third year in the league. And that's, that's his best total. He hasn't hit 60 since then. He's had 50 a number of times, obviously. Um, and this year he had 48 before the season ended. Uh, by the time he, he was on pace for a good, Hey man, he might have hit sixty. He might have hit sixty but... this season, yeah. Because I think he yeah. he would have had what like about ten or twelve he... more games. Man, you want to talk about Cy Young stats or whatever? <laughs> Ovi this year, sixty-eight games, forty-eight goals, nineteen assists for sixty-seven wow. points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you pass it to him, so, yeah. he's not passing it back. <laughs> no, 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 no. You pass it to him, he shoots. <laughs> and hey, that's the way it should be pretty much, I guess, right? Well, yeah, they uh, don't pay him to pass the puck. No, so. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's the rookie. That's a good little segment the there. Year. Yeah, we should, yeah. we should, that, we should. I like being tested like that. All right, well, we'll dig into that a little more coming up, but uh, why don't we just, uh, from this, we'll throw it to our song uh, on the way out here, which is Rookie of the Year by the Hanson Brothers, which is the no... No means no. No means no band for when they're traveling east to west instead of west to east, right? Correct. So no (laughs) no means no will tour from the west coast to the east coast you know, leaving from their home and going across Canada. But then once they turn their van around, then they, <laughs> then they put on the hockey jerseys and they play their way back as the Hanson yeah. brothers. They get it. They get out East and they hear stomping Tom's, uh, from the, you know, stomping Tom from Prince Edward Island or whatever. And they hear the hockey song and they're like, they get all fired up. Yeah. And, you know, then they're, in, little... they're in hockey mode all the way back across, yeah, yeah, yeah. across the country. Yeah. So this song, yeah, it's uh, we. I, I've at, I'm adding it to our official Talk and Hockey playlist, which is on Apple Music, and you can um, you can click uh, the link in our Instagram bio. We're at, at Talk and Hockey Podcast on Instagram. <clears throat> also check out uh, at 
outdoor hockey club on Instagram. Give that a follow. And uh, so, yeah, get, grab a hold of the, the playlist there. It's all, you know, we've got probably close to 20 songs on it now. Um, they're all pretty much hockey related. We're going to add to it all the time. So there's going to be, excuse me, two new songs going up on it right away here. Um, so we'll be adding that John K. Sampson Riverton Rifle song. And we'll be adding this here. Uh, Hanson Brothers Rookie of the Year song. So why don't we just go partying, rocking and rolling, and, uh, you know, get those pucks deep. Quick shifts, boys. Here we go now. And just remember, we got two special guests coming up, one next week and one the following week. Stay tuned to the Instagram to see who those folks are going to be. For sure. Sticks on the ice. Here we go now. Sick.